0: Before we kick off the show, I needed to quickly tell you something. We are running the biggest course for flooring professionals on the 10th and the 11th of July this year. We have already sold out all of the VIP tickets. But if you've not already grabbed your tickets, now is the time to do so. Visit the website cockrellandcore.co.uk and it's forward slash training or just click on the training tab. There are the tickets. If you add the code into the coupon box podcast... So just simply enter the word podcast and that will get you a one-off discount so you can attend this. So if you are completely committed to creating structure and more profit in your flooring business, this is the course for you. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode is in partnership with Roomvo. Roomvo is the number one room visualization tool used by manufacturers, retailers across the globe. To find out more information, visit get.roomvo.com. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. First huge question, who is Chris
1: Ball? <laughs> oh, what a question. Okay, so um, me, I'm 41 years old. Um, I've just recently acquired a flooring company in Bedfordshire. Uh, called James Ayers Flooring. Um, The journey to get there is quite an interesting one. Um, I left school with no qualifications as such um, and sort of what would be the description. Had a few jobs, uh, did some travelling as I, you know, loved my music, um, was out sort of partying, I guess, all the time. Uh, over 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 about four year period, sort of lived at home and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I randomly met a owner of a record label, probably when I was twenty one. Okay. Uh, he ran a record label called Metalheads, uh, yeah. which is a ground based record label owned by a guy called Goldie. Yeah. Um, I sort of got you know, I'd go to a club basically every Sunday. I'd see Ryan on the door. I'd buy him a whiskey. He'd let me in for free. Yeah. Yeah. It it just just started, it built like that. And this is a very important thing. It's about networking always. Yeah. Yeah. So I met Ryan, um, got to know him. um, And eventually, at this point in my life, I decided I actually probably need to go and do some education. So at this point in my life, I was doing an access to university course. Okay. um, Because, you know, As you get a little bit older, you kind of realise, messed up a little bit when you're younger. I need to obviously put some building blocks in place for a career.
0: And what was that on? What was the university course?
1: It was going to be an access. It was history, English, sociology and psychology. Okay. It was those four subjects. And I was really interested in psychology. Yeah. Really interested in it. So, yeah, I just wanted to um, delve into that. So obviously, as this was going on, knew Ryan, and then Ryan offered me the chance to, no, um, not offered me the chance, it wasn't like that. He was like, can you come and help me collect some records from Grantham and bring them down to my house in Islington? And obviously yeah. if you've ever carried records, you know they're heavy, they're, they're heavy, they're heavy. Yeah. So, got went up to Grantham, had a great chat, back down to London, dropped the records off, and he was like, I've got to go and meet Goldie in central London at a graffiti show right you want to come along and i'm like being a fan of a guy who i um bought his tape when i was 11 i bought timeless his album when i was 11 yeah so like, i think i'll go and meet goldie yeah i was like i thought like, yeah i'll come along with <laughs> meet goldie like this bloke that i i ho- i hold in this esteem so i got to this graffiti party this, this exhibition and uh turned up and Goldie's coming out, and he's like, Ryan's coming in, and he's like, oh, but he was like, I want, he Goldie wanted to leave.
2: Yeah.
1: And Ryan's like, oh, sh- what a shitter, like that. So I was like, oh, all right, this, is, this has been interesting. And Goldie's <laughs> like, uh, and he's like, I'll never forget these words. What are you doing? And they pointed at me. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean, what am I doing? Because goes, what are you doing? I was like, uh, I don't know. You're coming with me. You're holding my record box tonight. Came a record box tonight. I was like, yeah. I was like, in my head, I think, I'm just gonna go with this. I don't know what this, I don't know <laughs> what's going on here, but I'm just gonna go with this. So eventually, so he, I remember so Ryan's like, I'm going like that, like waves me off, and I'm like, I'm walking off with Goldie. I'm no. like, this is I like, this is fucking surreal, right? I'm like, this is this is so weird. Got into his his um X5 and he's like before we go to the nightclub, this is probably about eight o'clock. Before we go to the club, I'm going to a film director's house in Notting Hill. I was like, I was like, I was like, again, like, okay, I'm coming with you. I went, I went there. I remember sitting there for about three hours while he was just talking about a a movie that he was making. Or or he was writing with a guy called Nick, uh, uh, a guy called Nick, who's an American film writer. Sat there. Then we went to the club. Get to the club, I walk in with his record box and I see all my friends there and they're like, like, what is going, what's happening, what? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know either. Ended up getting blind drunk, yeah? Obviously, yeah. Obviously, clearly. (laughs) Um, Got to about four in the morning, uh, found Goldie. I was like, can I have a lift home to St Albans? Because he he lived in Hemel Hempstead, which is quite close. He's like... I remember his face of like complete disappointment that he's got to do something. And I was like, Oh, come on, mate. It's like four in the morning. Like yeah. I've got to go to college tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so he dropped me off at, uh, at the station and didn't hear anything else of it. Right. And then a few months passed and it was coming up to about April of that year. And Ryan put a call with him and went, um, yeah, Goldie was talking about you and wants to know if you want to come and work on the label. And I'm obviously like uh, a year, almost almost a year into this this college course.
2: Yeah,
1: I then basically uh, accepted the opportunity and left the college, left the, left the course. Yeah. So it was standard sort of like working five days a week in Islington at the record label for no money at yeah. the time. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was getting these opportunities to go abroad with the DJs and tour manage, put on events, put records out. And I was just, I was sort of just like, I'm going with it.
2: Yeah. i my yeah, yeah.
1: money, but I'm just going to take this opportunity for what it is. Yeah. Um. Fast forward a couple of years and then I'm, I'm more immersed in it and I'm on, I'm doing more things, we're doing more parties. And Ryan basically decides to tell me that he wants to go and he's going to move to Ibiza and he's quitting the label. And I'm going to be taking over, right, as label manager at, at the age of what, twenty yeah.
2: three? Yeah.
1: And if you don't know Metalheads, it's a prestigious drum and bass record label. It's got immense history, and it was like it's a privilege. It was it was a huge privilege to be obviously to do this job. Yeah. So yeah, ran the record label for what felt like another what, it was twelve years. Wow. Um, you know, as all good things come to an end. Yeah. I think. I got tired of it. I think Goldie got tired of me. I got tired of him, whatnot. Yeah, um, and left the label and went and started working for another record label called Digital Soundboy, which is run by a guy called Shifex. Right, and that was more more focused on uh, commercial music and and whatnot. It wasn't really feeding my soul. No, wasn't really loving it like I love metalheads, and that lasted a couple of years. And I kind of got to a crossroads where I was like, what do I do now? So I had, I think I had about 18 months of what you called in the wind, where I was like, I was between different jobs. I was helping people out, doing some building work, anything away from music that I could find. Yeah. But there was something in me that was always looking at these, these builders, these tradesmen. And I was thinking, if you had a little bit more savvy behind you, like a structure, an organisation, a process, yeah, how, how you gather work, like you could be better at this. You could have your diaries full. You could be getting more quotes in. You could be doing all this stuff. Yeah. But being a tradesman and being like a manager is, is completely two different things. And I kind of learned that. Like, that's why a tradesman, you know, a good tradesman can just run their own diary and be filled up for X amount of time. But I was seeing I was seeing an opportunity there to, by using social media at the time and building, you could potentially build a, them websites that would present their work and market it. Yeah. Like I was seeing myself, I'm not a tradesman. No, no. I'm Matt. So, but I was ha- I was happy to put. Get, I was happy to do the graft, but I wasn't. You know, it. It to be fair, it, it was not. It was it mind numbing for me. Yeah, yeah. The idea of doing it wasn't really like it wasn't stimulating me at all. Um. So fast forward to about eighteen months later, a friend of mine called Matt uh, and a business partner of it, and uh, his business partner Jason. Had set up a flooring company for the previous six months. Okay, and Matt's ideas were very similar to to how I'd seen, like the builders, yeah, and the landscapers that I've been around. All these kind of people. He basically met Jason, and Jason had um, wanted to get off his knees because he'd been fitting for twenty years. Right, he was like, "Well, I can build your infrastructure, a website. I can get you leads. I can give you the leads. You go out, win the work. And at the time, he'd do the fitting." Yeah, yeah, and um he he'd correct he'd had this brilliant little scheme basically where he generated loads of leads via facebook marketplace yeah, the, yeah. facebook group. Yeah. Really. so he was generating like 30 40 leads a week via that yeah. and then and jason then became full-time right okay i then became um then i basically came on board because the workload had obviously grown And I think I was doing one day a week there on a Friday where I was just helping fill the diary up, doing some orders and not had a clue about carpets. Right. No idea about flooring. Yeah. But I was was learning because like with anything, going back to record labels, it's all about process, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You find find the the, record labels, you find the music and then you follow the process and you release it. It's the same. You find a customer, they pick a carpet, you order it, you know you cut it you fit it the customer's yeah. happy so it was it, it, you know anything it could be selling umbrellas it's just <laughs> if processes is in place in place you business you can sell anything yeah as long as you do it right and you've got some enthusiasm so fast so basically at that point we were I was one day a week and then i think about 6 months later after doing that and i was continuing to i was continuing to do some landscaping and gardening work yeah Believe it or not, I was actually running a carpet company while I was doing the gardening, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is quite funny. Which I, if I could tell really? you how it pissed off the people I worked with, but they were so good, they were like they knew that I wasn't that. I knew I wasn't a gardener, but they just they could they sort of allowed me to do be on the phone a bit too much. Yeah. yeah. So about four days a week I was basically in the gardens. One day a week I was actually doing the work in the office, and I think it's around May time. Um, almost like, almost sort of like 10 months late after I'd started doing one day a week, Matt and Jason were like, well, we can get, we can get an office and you can come on full-time. Right. Because we've, we've scaled it to a point where you can basically, we can afford to pay you like full-time wage. We can get an office so we can, we can sort of level up a bit. Yeah. So we ran the company out of an office for about two years. Okay. and, I'm, and, I, and I, I would religiously work six days a week at that place right religiously like phoning customers booking leads in doing the ordering basically every part of the business i was, I was always doing the ground learning the, com- the business yeah. i had no idea about flooring whatsoever not a scooby it huh? was lit- it was literally <laughs> like uh, that was the point you know i was in the office on my own and i chose to work the six days yeah, Because I've always had the attitude of, like, I need to work double hard because the people that have been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years, it's second nature to them. Yeah, yeah. I need to get this right. Um, and believe it or not, in that, in those two years, we started hitting that sort of 80 to 100K in a month turnover. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, you know, amazing results. You know, this was a completely uh, – this is a – business that started on a kitchen table and gone to a, and gone to a, um, an office in the space of two years and we were doing those kind of numbers and i think we were doing 40 quotes a week
2: yeah yeah
1: which is uh it's a fantastic number you know probably six you know the success success rate was about 35 to 40 percent. i'd say on winning the quotes yeah a lot of them are cold a lot of those people are just shopping and a lot of those people are from were Originally from Facebook groups, yeah, Facebook ads and some Google ads. Okay. So it's pretty cold, especially because you haven't got the the client base of someone that's had a shop for forty plus years.
0: And was that taking samples out in a van or a car? That
1: was it... it completely. Didn't even have an account. We had an account with a fairly wholesale. Right. And I know that's a real dirty word out there, but they were great. You know, we did low. You know, the owner. He is an amazing, amazing grafter. If you could hear his story of where he started and where he got to, how he sold his business for about twenty-five million—yeah, unbelievable story. Um, He is grafter, Um, but yeah, you know there was a basic, a real bad impression of them if you spoke to people. But we had no problems at all. So a lot of it was Valley. I'd say yeah, ninety percent of it was Valley.
2: Yeah,
1: and then obviously Headlam would buy our. The hard flooring and stuff like that form, but it was all a lot of it was carpet okay start with. um so so that was going that was going well and being me i always i'm like what's next yeah. and sometimes that can be to my detriment and sometimes that can be a positive yeah well i'm like i'm i'm thinking to myself like right we're selling this we're selling these Valleys is a budget wholesale budget sort of carpet the, the highest price we sell from them is like 25 pounds rrp i'd say okay when the they the, selling a bit of korma was like like obviously like it was it was rare <laughs> for yeah. instance selling a bit of victoria was rare. you know it was it was really like it was just valley
2: yeah
1: everything um we were probably doing like um, I, over a hundred and something a, a lot of money with with valley yeah I don't know what it, it, numbers wise it was. It was probably I can't really remember. But yeah, it was it was a it was straight down to those guys all through them. Um, hardly any wool carpet, all polypop. Yeah, and it and it it was it it worked. Okay, but me being me was like. I want to sell. I obviously started to learn about the trade, and I started to invest in my time in understanding brands, understanding. Uh, what clients would buy certain product? I wanted naturals. I wanted to learn about like sisals. I wanted to learn about wool carpets. I wanted to know like why is that Westex carpet that price? Yeah. And I think I don't know if this is ego, but I was like I want to sell that stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. I I want to like I want to I want to sell like the I want to sell it all. I don't want yeah. to just be limited to a certain price point. I want to be able to offer. That silk and velvet from Westex. I want to be able to offer something from crucial trading alternative. Um, So how do I do that?
2: Yeah.
1: And what's the best way of doing it? So three minutes from my house, there was a carpet. Sorry, there was a blinds, um, curtains and shutter shop. Okay. Owned by um, a, a couple called Margaret and Robert. And I was with my son at the time. Um, and there's a fish and chip shop right next to it.
2: Yeah,
1: I think it was about seven o'clock at night, getting some fish and chips, and I looked through the window, and I was like, "That place looks like an absolute jungle, um, jumble sale." Like, who would go in there? <laughs> like, it looks, it, it looks awful, and I, you yeah. know, I was like, it looks terrible. There was stuff everywhere, um, but I thought, I sort of thought to myself, I was like, imagine if you, if you, obviously, I like the idea of the fact that the customers that come in in there are buying curtains, shutters. They're improving their houses, right? Yeah, yeah. And they've got a few quid because Margaret makes bespoke curtains. Shutters are... Uh, they're a high-value item. Yeah, absolutely. Got, you're going to have people walking through. You're not at a standing start. And What if we were to put carpets in there? So, mm. fortunately, Margaret... Um, had already had this idea sort of previously and spoken to a carpet, a guy that was doing um, carpets out of a van similar and he wasn't very interested. So yeah. she saw, she got it. She saw the benefits. So yeah, we took on half the shop. Yeah. Um, and then built basically the idea of it would be, I wanted it to be non, I, even though I wanted to sell the brands, I didn't want to have the brand um stand a point point of sale in there yeah yeah i want i wanted to i wanted to be able to make it a little bit more bespoke yeah because that sort of lent itself to what margaret had in terms of her curtains yeah um so yeah we got some stands made got we had like hammer carpets in originally got crucial in here straight away uh who else like obviously corma we got them because obviously they're like the, the McDonald's of flooring, aren't they? Like, you know, everyone,
0: <laughs> everyone's got them. Yeah.
1: yeah. They, everyone, you know, they, they just, they service to everyone, even though their backing's rubbish. Um, and that's just a, that's a loaded comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everyone listening to this will probably understand it. Um, you know, I've got Ulster in here, uh, Adams, um, so yeah, got you know got got some really reputable brands in here that would help with the clientele that we wanted to get through the door. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we were still doing, we were still offered the online proposition, but then we could now opposite up um, give a retail proposition. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I remember like the first couple of days, Matt was like, "No one's walked in here." I was like, "Give it time," and then. <laughs> I, obviously, I've never run a shop before. <laughs> no. I had no idea. I was just like, I'm taking a punt here. Matt had listened to me and understood where I wanted to take the business. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the first weekend I had a couple of customers in there from Radlet. I believe Radlet's like miles away. Right, okay. But by the power of the website, the power of the internet, you know, they'd basically, they'd phoned up. I've said... Oh, your project sounds quite interesting. I think you probably need to come to the shop. Yeah. And those those customers, I spent hours with them, hours and hours. Like to the point of we got all the carpets on the floor. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I'm just trying to present to you what I think you want to see. Yeah. I'm trying to offer you like, and this is with limited knowledge of actually how the product's produced, more of what I think the customer needs to know. In how it looks, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not selling. I'm just trying to advise, and by using my enthusiasm towards that, and energy, it's like I got on really well with them, and we 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 spent loads of time looking at it, yeah, and like a couple of hours, probably too long. But <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I'm 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 training myself with them. They don't even know it. No. I'm training. I'm like I'm like I've, I've got it down to like a nice half an hour at the moment with customers. You know, you, they're in and out if you know they're serious you know but these people you know, I was just I was training I was seeing what it was like I was reading them I was used I was I was learning to shut my mouth and let them talk yeah yeah obviously so. like you know just let it flow that way um so yeah like the, the, these guys believe what they never even went with us our oh. price was too high <laughs>
2: right
1: but it was invaluable because I remember being so disappointed because of the effort I'd put into giving them what I saw as good service yeah So, I, you know, mental notes, learning all the time. Like, this is what, you know, it's about when a customer comes into the shop, you've got to give them that that one to one service that is unique to this place.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, They're not going to get the big guys. You know, I've walked into Tappy regularly just to have a little nose around. And the way that no one comes over to you for about 15 minutes, I find really bizarre.
2: Yeah.
1: Because I, I, I don't know how they work, but I if someone walks into the shop, I say good morning and you know, and, you know, try and have a dialogue straight away with someone.
2: Yeah.
1: Ask them what they're after for, for a start. Um, but yeah, it was it was a real learning curve in that time that the shop opened to the to when I left the shop. So yeah, we did, I think really successful. We were really successful with the shop and the online proposition. I think the best month that we did in terms of turnover, this is what people talk about normally about turnover. Do we get into this? We can. We can go whichever direction you want, Chris. (laughs) That's all right. So, no, we we did one month, we did a 135K turnover. Yeah. And that was, that doesn't include fitting. Yeah. And I I remember like saying, like, this is incredible. Like, I, I was like, this is like, that's what a number. Like, from going from what we were doing in terms of the online. We sort of added that extra volume, basically by the shop. Yeah, yeah. felt like, and the fact that we can sell better product quality products, like one hundred, that one hundred thirty-five k. Believe it or not, I think thirty-seven thousand of that was done in one day.
2: But yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was a day of where it was almost like, um, you know, in Ghostbusters, they say don't join the the streams. <laughs> like, we joined the streams <laughs> and it went bizarre like me and jason jason's like the, the estimators in the house pricing up a a job he's come out the house and he's gone i think we've got that but we need to be quick i'm like i jump on i jump on it and i quote it and they've accepted within an hour of him leaving the job and it yeah. was like 20 and grand and then, he, then we've gone to the next one he's taken seven and another one he's taken five and a bit more it was just it was absolute mad we were like how is this happening
2: yeah
1: but, but it gave me it gave me ideas again like i'm like where's the next step
2: yeah
0: that Which, was going to lead to my next question well. and uh how has yeah. that led you to be where you are now
1: right so the, ne- the next step would be like um i i started talking to a lot of a reps a really important part of the industry pain in the arses but they're your eyes and ears they, yep. give you, they give you like well, I don't know. The ones that you are worth the time, I feel they give you invaluable sort of knowledge about what's going on in terms of the industry. Like, you know, they sometimes say they some they tell you the truth, really. They say they tell you who's busy, who's not, blah, 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 blah. But I, I had obviously being me, I'm like, right, we've got this, it's it's it feels like it's purring. Yeah. We're doing this, we've got two estimators running full time. Yeah we've got two estimates running full time and we've got one guy doing one day a week for us. Yeah. And we're doing like 60 odd quotes a week. Yeah. Like we're doing well, like where's the next stage? And through the reps, I found out that a, a, a shop in Luton, James Ayers flooring, yeah. he was looking to, to sell up because he wanted to move to Cornwall.
2: Right.
1: So what do we do? Set up the meeting discuss the discuss the op- opportunity
2: yeah
1: you know probably talk this is through the company i was with at the time probably talk it through a bit too long rather than being kind of rather than just going for it we, we there was a lot of talking going on backwards and forwards trying to yeah. try get the deal right um meanwhile there was a shop in st albans which is a, a, a town close to us as well they were looking to sell okay as well around but it, it became too um that was too rushed. It was like a December, and they were looking to they were looking to exit by the end of like December. Right. Um, so there was a lot of talking going on, but we sort of set our minds on James as as a company that we wanted to take over, so we'd have two retail premises, yeah. and the online was doing what it does. Um, what happens? COVID hits. Yeah. So yeah, COVID hits. So all all talks are off the table, obviously. Yeah. Um. And I don't know if anyone else enjoyed COVID um, for what it was, but we found it a brilliant hustle.
0: Yeah, no, I enjoyed. It. I enjoyed it, yeah. the the busyness and the quietness both. Yeah, both absolutely. We, we
1: hustled so hard to 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 sell flooring because there was a way. There was a way to do it.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, and as well, like I think I spent the first. I spent. I'm just spent a couple of weeks calling every local builder, asking them if they needed flooring, yeah, or projects. Because obviously, I realised that we could still buy the materials to service like builders and like construction. Yeah, we got a few deals out of that and whatnot. And it, again, it's all about hustle. You know, for me, everything's a hustle. Yeah. So, COVID happens. That was obviously a painful bit of time, um, but also quite an interesting, but interesting time. Um, we through that period we had an estimator called Aaron who left the business around, and I think everything came back to nor- not back to normal, but like around August of that two thousand was it two thousand, and yeah, around August everything sort of like came a little bit back to normal again. So we had, we had the estimator out there full time again. And then again in December, everything shut down, didn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, but I think the conversations then started again with James around March, 2022. Yeah. Was it
2: 2020? 2021.
1: Mm-hmm. 21. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Conversation started happening. Um, and Matt, Matt and James were co- conversing quite a lot and, for whatever reasons it did not happen. Yep. But me being me, I was talking to I sp- I started talking to James quite a lot because he was very experienced in terms of hard flooring, something and we were always doing carpets. So yep. again, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to educate myself on subfloors, antico, Candine, LB, you know, LB, all, the, all this stuff at the same time. Cause I'm still admittedly haven't got the knowledge of someone that's been doing it 50 years. So always learning. Yeah. James came to, um, uh, James so Matt and James weren't, wasn't really getting on. James had offered me the business in about August,
2: 2021.
1: Yeah. And I thought about it. And I said to him, I think I'll go for it. Like, you know, in a bit of a selfish way. Yeah. I just thought to myself, like, I've worked for Matt and Jason for this many years. I've put everything into it. I feel like I now feel like I want my own thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Even though, even though Hearts Carpets, the name of the business, it felt like mine, it wasn't mine. No. Yeah. So, you know, so I, um, I, me and James came up with a plan of like, I'll come into the business for a year from, Around November two thousand twenty-one, yeah, I'd have a year, a year in the business to sort of learn about it, understand it, see how it operates, and yeah, t- and I yeah. took it on in June thirty, June thirty-first this year. Brilliant. So yeah, a lot of a lot of what I I did in that top that period was I implemented a CRM system, yeah, because obviously a a company that's been run for the last. Well, it's 50 years old.
2: Right. Bloody
1: hell. So everything was by paper. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, that's just, for me, that is a complete, like, no-no. It yeah. needs a system where we can track data, we can follow the customer experience from inquiry through to sale. Yeah. And maintain um, all that information for a period of time without having to go through filing cabinets, paperwork, etc. Yeah.
0: And what's uh, the biggest challenge you've found since you're completely, your name is above the door? Well, nearly and above the door. <laughs> it's
1: uh, Oh, right. The biggest challenge?
0: Yeah. What, what do you think is, um, is it I, I, different?
1: It's a hell of a lot. Dif- it, it's so subtle, but it's so big that once you, once your name's above the door, your shoulders have to get a little bit wider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little, yeah. yeah. It's all on you. Yeah. There's, no, there's no like, oh, I can look at Jason, or I can look at Matt, or I can. I, they're all like, oh, James is a prop. Like, no, it's, it's all all new. Yeah. Everything. So I I guess other people get this. Like this morning at three o'clock in the morning, I woke up thinking about this tomorrow's job. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm, in, I'm like at three in the morning, I'm thinking, like right, everything's there. I've got all the flexi. They know they've got to stick the gripper because it's like it's all under full heat. I've told them all this stuff. I've regurgitated it. We planned it. Like, I have to. I have to reassure that like, that part of it is is definitely like the uh, you don't. I don't think overthinking is a bad thing sometimes, but uh, you know, you you're really conscious of like making sure that you do the best possible job for every single customer you have. Yeah, But like, really, con- yeah. like over, like like for me, that's so important. I've taken on something that's 50 years that has a really good reputation. Yep. And those, those customers in Luton who have used that shop locally for some some of them three generations, like my my transition from being the owner has to be seamless because the service they've been given. Because the worst thing you can do is have Mrs. Jones, who's been buying a carpet from James Ayres for 30, 40 years, go, oh, it was so much better when James was here. yeah Those words are the words I never want to hear.
2: No,
1: absolutely. So I, I know that, that that's the pressure I put on myself to deliver like good service, and I know and I know that everyone listening to this, we can't win them all. No, no. They, and are you selling them. the
0: are you selling the higher end products now? Where you you're finding that a bit easier, and you know you're getting them higher higher margin, higher value jobs more, or how are you well, finding well, now? How's the well, industry now for you?
1: That's quite of a loaded Well, the there's a long answer to that. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you. So when I walked into that shop, the 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 Luton one, I looked around and was like, this looks like a traditional carpet shop with loads of crap everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is, this isn't good for me. When I walk in there to look around and go, "Um, what is this? Where, what's the message when I walk in here? And why do I want to spend money in this shop? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you've got you've got Candine stands there, you've got an Amtiko stand there, you've got a Modulario stand there. So we're quite loaded on LVT here. Right? And we've got maybe 30 Tombolas on the floor. Yeah. We've got some Corma and we've got some Penthouse there. All right, But it's too much. It's too, it's like, it's like it's frazzling my head. I was like, no. I need to, I need to strip it all back. So... What I did was over that period of time, from November to January, I stripped it all back. I was like, yeah. that stand needs to go. I wasn't happy with Penthouse how they were how they were performing as a company. They can go. Same with Corma. I was like, I want you out. I want to strip this back, and I want to work out who I want to work with. So I was like, oh, I got Victoria in there. I got Brockway in there. I was like, right, well, they're my go-to's in terms of that kind of level of carpet. I'd spoken to Riviera home. I might give you the, I might give you the actual story of this, but it's pretty like painful. I spoke to Riviera home, um, who do beautiful products.
2: Yeah.
1: I spoke to them. I got there. I got them in. I got crucial trading in. Um, and I got some more AW in there. Cause everyone loves a bit of fluff, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> So I, so I stripped it completely back to a point where it was almost bare, and I I basically looked at my Candine's. I looked at the you know the Candine select stand they have. Yeah, yeah. One that fits in the whole wall. I was like, I really want that. I don't want these like dusty stands that I've got here. They look crap. I want the all singing and dancing stand because I want that workstation they it comes with as well. Yeah. Because that's a really good place to present stuff to customers because the shop's not massive. No, no. But it had space. So I was like, right, see so my rep, Adam, who's a legend. I said to him, how do I get that? He goes, you've got to do a certain number. And it was like double what we'd done the year before.
2: Yeah.
1: And I was like, because I love, I love a target. I was like, right, I'll, I'll you know, let's see if we can do that. Thankfully, December this year, we had it installed. Last, sorry, December last year, we had it installed. So I had the the full one side basically was the full Candine range, and I spoke to Antico about getting the the form and the signature range in there as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so I had my I got rid of Moduleo. So I was like, right, I've got my hard floorings there. I've got the big boys either side. That's who I'm going to basically invest my time with to sell, because you know they're the go to brands, and I've stripped down my carpets. And I feel like that getting the shop right was the was a was a major part of it.
0: And how's that um changed the business? Have you noticed any significant changes? Oh, yet?
1: Yeah, like, you know, Karen, who's worked in the who's a ma- Karen's massively important. She was she's like the the fixture that's been there for like the last ten years. She's like the the lifeblood of that shop. Yeah. So yeah. So she she's the shop manager. So she's okay. been there ten years, and she herself would always say to me, "We never sold carpets like this before. We were just selling some prolly pops, a bit a bit of penthouse, you know. We weren't yep. selling anything like interesting like this." So it's in, it's, in, it's 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 motivated her because she's seeing something different. She's seeing she's seeing more inquiries. She's seeing different kind of carpets being sold. She's seeing rather than a shop that looks like a jumble sale. She she's yeah. walking into a place where she can go. Isn't this lovely? Yeah, that's and that's right. the whole point, right? Because you're going into a place where you you feel comfortable, and that means the the, the people, the clients that come in there feel the same. That's I it. walk in and feel this is lovely. I feel it feels fresh. Yeah, and that that's that it. and that radiates to the people that who come in there.
0: I think I always say client experience first, price second. Not yeah. not not. It's just like you know, people will pay. Any amount for anything, if the client experience is right, and that's from buying a bedroom carpet to buying a Bentley. You know, it's 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 all about client experience, and you know, not everyone can afford a Bentley, but you would have a certain level of expectations if you're going to go and buy one. And so, same with you know, people are million pound, two million, or or even a. Two hundred grand house, you know they've still got expectations for client experience. So
1: of course, and you and you have to deliver it, and you have to give that same enthusiasm to to everyone. You know, like that's what I like. I'm like the these key questions that you ask that take it outside of selling to advise. That goes back to that thing. What what colour is your paint? Yeah. What colour is that question? There changes everything. It shows you're interested. yeah, you're thinking on a different level to what they're they're like, oh oh yeah. I was like, get a sample, bring it back. We'll look at it against the carpets. You know, take a sample away, maybe. Like you you start giving them control of the of it as well. Okay. Like because you're advising, you're not selling.
0: That's, um, that's all sales is, I feel, in the floor Well, in all industries, but especially in the flooring industry, is just asking world class questions. That's it. Yeah. You don't you don't want to tell anyone anything. You know, you just want to ask questions, and then from your advice, absolutely. So, it's, yeah. so over the years you've been in the flooring industry, a bit of a hard question. What do you think the biggest cock up you've done is, and you wouldn't do it again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> biggest cock up. Yeah. two there's two I and no this is an important one as well because it's an it's a it's something that I always have to learn is when you invested in a customer like in terms of their like you know when you like I sometimes you meet a customer but uh, like you might know them through someone yeah and this this was actually through the covid um they they would. I would get them samples, and they were very changing. A lot of the time, they were changing their their minds on colours. Yeah. And it was. I think it was like two rolls of uh, Serenity from AW. And they wanted a. They started with the white. I can't remember the code. I, I've I've put the code out of my mind. They basically changed. They changed colours a few times, but the quote never got updated as they changed the colours. Ah. So when it was ordered. Yeah. It was ordered of the original colour, and because I'd spent so much time with these guys to try and find the right carpet for them,
2: yeah,
1: I feel like I invested so much time doing this, and I I, lo- I lost focus and I dropped the ball. Because normally I'm double checking all these things, but yeah. because we're like there going, oh, I can help you. I can help you. I'm forgetting the basics of like, or oh, double check. Yeah, <laughs> make sure you're updating as you go.
0: So, did the wrong carpet go at the job or did it actually get fitted? Or
1: the wrong carpet went to the job.
0: And were the client in? Were they, were they able to no, the outer work?
1: The client was in. Yeah, the client was in. They, oh, enrolled, they enrolled it. And I was like, there was a, a massive tearing of frame because I was like, no, look, you've confirmed it on that email. There wasn't that's the thing. On one email, it's confirmed the color. Right. But there was never, and again, it's my fault. I took it's my fault. But there's emails confirming that color but then there was verbals confirming it in the shop at another color. Yeah. uh, And I've not, yeah, that's my, that was my mistake. And another one, which we can all need to learn from. Yeah. Is a customer came into the shop in Harpenden with a sample of carpet. Yeah. It was Tudor twist. Panna cotta. Yeah. Yeah. She brought the sample to me. She went, I need that, I want that carpet. Went and measured the house up. Huge house, massive job. Um, I could tell they were I could tell that they weren't gonna be the easiest customers when I first met them. Yeah. Which is another thing we all need to learn. Sometimes <laughs> saying no and pricing yourself out of a job when you yeah. get that feeling of like, oh, they could be, I actually don't want to do business with them yeah it's because there is i think there is an argument sometimes to say actually i might be i don't want to do business with you yeah you're 100%, you Yeah, know percent. i mean?
0: absolutely. yeah, absolutely know.
1: That's, that's a skill to be able to look at a customer and the way they've behaved and a the little uh, there's nuggets they give you of information yeah where you're like oh i actually think you're i think you could actually be really dangerous
0: oh, i don't pay deposits all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. When when do you want paying for the job?
1: Well, I think this customer said to me as well. Um. Oh, we had a problem with our last two carpet companies, and it went like this over my head. I didn't even I didn't even pick it up. But look, anyway, back to the story. They brought the sample to me. I I basically measured. It, we measured it up. We gave her a quote. She accepted it. Yeah. But I didn't get a cutting, did I? huh. I just took it, I just took that sample as like that sample could have been in the window. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been in the window for of a shop in wherever for years. Like I, you know, you who's to know. But I didn't you I didn't have the savvy to go, I I'll tell you what, let me get a cutting of that carpet so you can approve it.
2: Yeah. Massive
1: yeah. lesson learned. So we sh- we go to the house, install three quarters of it she Um, comes back
0: that's not what i ordered
1: that's not the color i ordered (laughs) puts her her sample that she still has against it unbelievable the pain that woman caused me she had my (laughs) she had my personal number oh no she had no bones about calling me at any time of day or night and yeah and i work to be fair, I work with Victoria Carpets, who are amazing. And through we managed to, we managed to, we managed to switch the carpets. Right. But she chose a different color.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> so, on all the flooring jobs you've done, is there a standout job where it went absolutely smooth and like a baby's bum and it was amazing at the end of the job? What's the proudest flooring job you've done?
1: Um, it, to be fair, <laughs> no. I, I, I there, there's could be loads. I had one recently. Like a customer called me. Um, he said his words were, "I've spoken to four other shops. They know what, we're not interested in it." I went, "I'll do it for you," even knowing what the job was. Yeah, that's my. That's me running wild. That's me running wild. I was like, "What is it?" <laughs> he goes, a "Concrete staircase." Okay, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> so yeah, that and it, but because. We, I could laugh with the customer at the end of it when it was done to perfection and it looked amazing. I laughed with him when I'm like, I I said to him, like, those first words you said made me want to do this because I'm that's the difference, right? Between people saying turning it away and me being excited. I'm like, a concrete staircase, I've not, I've not done one of those before. Concrete. you want
0: the challenge? You want the challenge?
1: Yeah, I want the challenge because you you obviously the most important people for me are the fitters yeah. like i know that i can allocate that job to a fitter who who will template it because it's a stair runner he templated it for six and a half hours
0: right yeah
1: yeah so it's a double flight of stairs templated it and it took him like eight hours to fit yeah it's beautiful. That the cust the the customer the, he reviewed it basically the customer afterwards, and it was like I felt really proud because I was like I've taken on a job and done it to a really high standard. He's yeah. happy, looks amazing, goes on Instagram, get loads of love for it. Um, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I think I think there's I think there's loads. There's, there's there is quite there's loads all the time when you get the pictures sent back.
0: Yeah, and the feedback means everything. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: like the cu- customer feedback is, is just. That's what it's all about, you know. If they if they come back to you, touch words, happy. Yeah. Uh, and I think they do more, more often than not, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Can't no, win no. them all. Like no. you know.
0: So no. well, that that was an awesome story, that Chris. I think oh, it's um, probably one of the best uh like um life stories. Um <laughs> I think what what a way to end up in the flooring industry. I think you know a lot of people come in. Oh, I started as an apprentice, I started this, oh no. You on the drum and bass um, scene, straight into <laughs> straight into Fluffy Carpets and LVT, love it. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show so far. Just a quick reminder, 10th and the 11th of July, we want to see you there, Floor in Freedom, visit the website cockrellandcore.co.uk and grab your tickets now. Enter the code PODCAST, get the discount. Now sit back, keep enjoying the show. Thanks. We're going to go... Quickly into the um quick fire round, which again we always do on the podcast, just a bit of a laugh and a joke. Um, just a bit more about you. And um so McDonald's, Burger King, Domino's or five guys? Which five one? guys. Five guys.
1: Yeah. Love- you know, the chips are rubbish. Can I have can I have the McDonald's chips with the five guys? <laughs> No, <laughs> I think they're
0: excessive as well. You you, you get a large fries from uh, Five Guys, and it's like enough to feed a family of six.
1: No, um, I just don't. I just this, what they use a different oil, don't they? Like some kind of peanut oil, I think, or something like that. It's like yeah. there's something there's something I don't like about it. But the burgers,
0: burgers, just just the burgers. That's and then just you the can burger. Yeah, go to McDonald's to get some chips. Uh, sunbathing or skiing?
1: Sunbathing. <laughs>
0: um what's your go-to alcoholic drink tequila
1: i worked your music eh? No. <laughs> <laughs> no no i don't to be to be fair um uh, yeah i i love a tequila no. Not like proper tequila that you don't shot you nip it yeah right the mexican gear the proper proper the, pro- the, proper, gear, the proper, proper
0: gear yeah
1: yeah
0: <laughs> And if you won 10 million on the lottery tonight, which is just reminding me, I haven't checked my tickets, but I need to check it. Uh 10 million on the what are the first five things you're gonna buy with your 10 million pound winnings.
1: Wow, this is a, this is loaded, isn't it? Oh uh, yes. uh, that's a fucking odd question. Um okay. probably I'll, I'll probably buy my missus a ring because it's been too long. Yeah. Uh Ten years too long. <laughs> I'll, probably buy the, I'll probably buy the missus the biggest diamond she's ever seen, even though she's not that way inclined. i will do something like yeah. that. Um, I don't know. I'm so not materialistic. Like, I I'm, I don't know what I do. I you you've got freedom almost forever. Yeah. Like money buys you freedom. I don't know what it, I'd like the kids. I'd buy I'd buy stuff for my kids. Well, that's one thing. I like, would treat them. You know,
0: Disneyland. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's a really difficult question. But um, like I wouldn't buy a Rolex. Really. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. My missus a ring, and the kids loads of stuff. And
0: would you still carry on the flooring journey now? You now you're in the depth
1: of it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But I, I think what I would do with that. I, here's a third one. I'd invest money into the business to help grow it yeah so a bigger warehouse i'd invest the money in the business so that's yeah. the third one yeah I'd, I'd buy a bigger warehouse i'd get yeah have the staff that could run it i'd set up an e-commerce side of things like all that kind of stuff I'd, i would employ like specialist people in these areas yeah i'd I'd use that money to try and make more money i would never yeah. i would never be a person that could sit still and just be like oh life's done now yeah. no
0: and you, you wouldn't move to Ayrnapa and open your own bar. <laughs> no,
1: but, no I, you know, I, I'm pretty boring. Well, you had to, to think about that. You had to think yeah. of drum and no, bass I, bar. I've, I've, honestly, like as a, as a, as I've got older, like I just, I love, I love the graft. I love the work and the hustle. Like, as long as my, as long as my family and the people around me are sorted out with it, I just carry on working. That's it. Yeah. Like I'm just so like, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm wedded to that really. the money, money's just a number like on the screen. Like yeah. it really don't, we we'll get hit by a bus tomorrow. It don't mean anything. No, like, no. You can't take it with you. Like it's just, it's all about. Yeah, it's about playing the game. You know yeah. that's the thing. Like what we're doing now is like if you Not look at the score. At it, what's that
0: uh, not the score <laughs> yeah <laughs> playing the game like, but the, not the score
1: yeah <laughs> if we look at it now what we're doing is we're like correct we've got you know in terms of the the carpets he's like i just want to sell as much of it as possible yeah you know? and with that comes rewards but i don't yeah i follow the that's the thing follow the vision not the money
2: yeah love that
1: So yeah, yeah. that's that is a huge thing to think of because if you start with, when you follow the money that's that's when you can get all twisted up in it and you can it can melt your mind I've seen it with so many people absolutely yeah
0: with, with that in mind with maybe the materialistic things have you got a dream car if you had the 10 million, would you treat yourself on a car or a van or
1: no. I, I, I don't even no I don't even, I don't even bother about cars really no no. I'm not. But, Would the missus get a new car? What, I I'd buy myself a season, a, a box at the Emirates for Arsenal. I'd do that. I'd probably follow them home and away everywhere around the world. Cause you could. Yeah, I, like football and sport and stuff is my sort of side passion.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So. Yeah. So yeah, I'd buy A corporate box. box. Oh. A corporate oh. box. yeah oh,
0: so love it. Take
1: all my mates and we can watch the football together. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Class. Brilliant, Chris. Um and where can an, our listeners find you on social media? What's your handles or websites or anything like that, please?
1: So uh Instagram is JamesAirsFlooring. Uh the website is www.jamesairs.co.uk.
0: Plus. And well,
1: Facebook. Facebook's James Ayres Flooring as well.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, it's been a great story to listen to. I'm sure the listeners will think so too.
1: I hope so. I hope they don't think it's this ranting twat, but yeah. <laughs> No, Lurid. no, it's, it's good. Oh, it's good to show it. I'm listening to other ones, like whoever it was in London that started. remember I spoke to you about it. The guys in London about a few episodes before. Uh, Kate. Yeah, those guys. You know, it's good yeah. to hear those kind of stories. The people because it's so generational flooring. So yeah, it's good to to share that. To share that people, would, you
0: know, everyone's got a different story. Everyone's got a yeah. different background. No, it's brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Chris. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockrellandco.co.uk. That's cockrellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is cockrellandco, and Co. And also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.